You are listening to yet another episode of the Sue B and You podcast, episode 90. We're getting up there. Hope everybody is having a good Monday so far or whichever day you listen to this. And for those of you that went to Subi Fest, California, I hope you had a good time. I hope I had a good time too, because I'm recording this on Thursday night before I go to Subi Fest, so I can't talk about it yet. But I will talk about it on the Subi Scoop Wednesday, and I will be putting out a bonus episode from recording with people at Subi Fest. So that's going to be cool. So to the future me, on Sunday, I look forward to everybody I'm going to meet, and I look forward to meeting all of you, and I'm sure I will have a great time. There's uh, some stuff that will be going on that I can talk about later. It's not a secret or anything, but it just hasn't happened yet. So, But what will happen is a conversation with Marissa, who goes by Rugged Roamer. She is the guest today on the Subi and You podcast. We had a great conversation talking about her build, her travels, her YouTube channel, and just talking about Subarus. It was another good one. So look forward to that here in a little bit. Have you checked out SubaruGear.com yet? They are the sponsor for today's podcast. They are also your home for Subaru and Subaru Motorsports USA branded merchandise. So go check them out and be well prepared for your next adventure with great outdoor gear and accessories from Subaru. From hiker medic packs to hoodies, fire starters, you won't want to leave home without these essentials. We know you love the earth as much as you love your Subaru, and we know you'll love seeing the brand new earth conscious and give back items. A lot of these are extremely useful and helpful as you plan for your next trek in your Subaru Crosstrek or Outback or Forester Ascent, whichever it is that you drive. Whatever you choose on the SubaruGear.com store, be sure to use the code SUBI and you all spelled out at checkout to get free shipping. Thank you so much, SubaruGear.com, for sponsoring the SUBI and you podcast. I know this is episode 90, but did you happen to check out episode 48? The next sponsor of the SUBI and you podcast is Rika VS, and you can hear their story on episode 48. Not only do they sell awesome, stylish wheels and lift kits, but they are also doing a lot of great things in the community, and you can hear all about it in their episode, so go please check that out as well if you have not, and hear all the great things that they are doing. When hitting the trails and getting out for some adventures, we all know that tires can be very important to get you over obstacles. But equally as important as a good set of tires are a good set of wheels. That is where Rika comes into play. Rika is committed to providing you with the highest quality specialized wheels and lift kits that will allow you to travel further, experience new adventures, and discover extraordinary destinations. Isn't that the point of getting out? Rika wants to make sure that you are ready for anything wherever adventure takes you. Rika's flow form process creates both lightweight and durable wheels, which are of the highest quality and are built to satisfy the requirements of all of you adventure enthusiasts. 
Rika lift kits raise your Subaru to protect the vehicle's underbody from damage while off-roading. The lift kits were also designed to increase the vehicle ride height in order to accommodate larger tires while maintaining the factory ride quality and alignment. The quest for adventure begins with you, and Rika is what gets you there. Be sure to use the code SUBIU10 at checkout when you choose which wheels you want for your Subaru or that lift kit. Thank you, Rika, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. I was scrolling through Apple Podcasts tonight, and I found out that there is another Apple review. Thank you so much, Sam Harris, who goes by P&W Auto Car. This is what he says. Love this show. Definitely one of my favorite podcasts. Raphael continues to grow the Subaru community through his interviews with Subaru owners. The listeners are rewarded by learning about many different facets of the owner's life, not just their car. This podcast really emphasizes the and you element of car ownership and community, helping people connect with others in a time where connection can feel far and few between. Thank you so much, Sam, for that awesome review. I really appreciate it. If you are listening to this podcast with Apple Podcasts, please go rate it and review. It really does help the show to grow and move up in the rankings for more people to hear about it. Also, you can go check out episode 77, where I had Sam as a guest on the podcast and hear about his Subaru and some of his life. Thanks again, Sam. But for now, we are going to go ahead and get into this conversation with Marissa, who goes by Rugged Roamer. Let's hear all about it right now. you came up with these are great <laughs> well so what i do is i usually i mean a lot of them are standard questions like you know what prompted you to buy a subaru what year is it um you know yeah. why an outback you know those kinds of things are just kind of typical questions but then what i'll do is i'll go through somebody's instagram page and try to pull out more of the personal stuff and then and then i also a lot of times i'll try to come up with questions i haven't asked before so that it's, you know, different. But, I'll, you know, every every episode is a different conversation because everybody has a different story. You know, yeah, you, you may got a different answer. Yeah. And you may have there may be like five episodes in a row where somebody has an outback, but they didn't all buy it for the same reason. Mm-hmm. So. True. So, yeah. Well, uh, welcome to the Sue B&U podcast. And I'm glad to have you on. And I this is. I think you're the third person in a row that I've recorded with that I've actually met in person before I started recording. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So Definitely a different situation considering how many podcasts you've done. Yeah, I know. This is going to be, yours is going to be episode 90. 90. Ooh. Hey. Yeah. Like even, even number. number. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, so welcome. I mean, it was, it was cool meeting you out at the Soft Road Nation one year anniversary. And we were talking before we started recording that 
I was going to go look at your Outback, but I was really overwhelmed that day meeting a bunch of people and trying to just figure the day out. But I didn't get a chance to go see it. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I haven't seen your cross track yet, so I feel like we're kind of even on that front. Yeah, so. that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that day was really cool, though. That was really fun. I made sure that I knew you were there. I'm like, he came all the way out here. I have to at least say hello. Yes. So as I was leaving, I was I was walking by a bunch of people and my boyfriend at the time was like, come on, let's go. It's hot. Moose, our dog <laughs> needs to get out of the sun. He's dying. I'm like, I have to say hi to Raph. I just, I have to do it. Yeah. So he's like running to the car and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to insert myself because you're <laughs> surrounded by so many people. I'm like, I just have to say hello. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for stopping by and saying hello. It was... Uh... That was nice because people were coming up to me and saying hi, and I was trying to figure out who everybody was because some people don't have any pictures of themselves on their Instagram page, or maybe they put it in their stories and I missed it or something. So, but. Yeah, sometimes I've even noticed sometimes people don't have names in their profiles, so yes. I, you only see just their actual Instagram handle. So when they introduce their name, you, ha- you don't even have a reference at that point. Yeah. Hey, uh, Pearl, the cross trek. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you live in California, correct? I do. I live in Southern California, right off of one of the beach cities in Long Beach. Okay, nice. So how long of a drive was that for you to get to where the one year anniversary was? Uh, it was that one year anniversary about two hours depending on traffic, there's always a little bit of traffic headed down to San Diego. So yeah, I always just estimate about two hours to get there. That's not too bad. No, it's not. It was, it was really nice. It's a pretty drive because it's basically almost half of it is all down the coast. So you're seeing part of Camp Pendleton, the military base, but you also have the cliffs and the beach right alongside. So it's an enjoyable drive. Yeah, that's good. A good reason to take that path. Exactly. There's other paths aren't so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. Are you from California? I am. Born and raised. I've only ever lived in Southern California. Okay. Yeah. What a horrible place to be. Oh, so horrible. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know what other weather is like other than good weather almost all the time. Yeah. And here it's been raining really, really hard almost every single day for a while. And it sucks. I mean, we went for a long time with no rain at all, so it's good to have the rain, but sometimes it won't rain at all, and then it will rain like several days in a row. And thankfully, it hasn't rained like all day long, because sometimes that's when we get really bad flooding here, is when it hasn't rained in a really long time, and the ground is so dry, and then it'll rain like nonstop for three days, and then it just floods everything. Yeah, I always say you can send some of that rain our way. We, we could use rain almost yeah. all the time, <laughs> except yeah. right after fire season, right after fire season, it turns into mudslides, but we'll take any time before. Yeah, no, good point. Um, so where did you come up with the name Rugged Roamer? And is that the name of your Instagram account or the name of your Outback or both? I do not have a name for my car. I tried years ago and it just, nothing stuck. And anytime I would reference my car as a name, some reason it just never quite came off right so i just never named my car after that it's just an instagram name i i tried to come up with something 
that would be unique and fun and more fitting of my lifestyle, which is just anything outdoors between hiking, surfing, camping, trying to do off-roading at the time. So I was trying to find something that was very all-encompassing of everything that I do. And I tried so many names. And anytime I came up with something creative, I went to Instagram and was like, is this taken yet? And everything was always taken. Yeah, that sucks. So it was it was so frustrating too, because sometimes these accounts had no followers, no, like absolutely nothing. They weren't even using the names and they'd been from years ago. And I'm like, oh, if only I could have it because it was so Yeah, cool. that's that's bad too. Yeah, I, I came across Rugged Roamer because I just I really cling to the word Roamer. And I was like, what can match? Because I like the play on with words or the alliteration, I guess, of it. So I was Googling like words or descriptive words with an R in it. And I found rugged and I was like, rugged roamer. That sounds really cool. I looked it up on Instagram and I felt like I just hit the jackpot because there was nothing. Yeah. And I immediately was like, oh, this is great. I'm, I'm shocked that this is even there. So from there on out, it's been rugged roamer. I like it. It's very catchy and it rolls off the tongue. Nice. So no, good job. Yeah, thank you. I was I was very excited to have that available because it's also short and simple. Yeah. So, what is your? I mean, we well, you kind of went into the description, but are you are you trying to use the name Rugged Roamer as like a means of, like you said, showing what your lifestyle is like? Yeah. So, I my original intention of Rugged Roamer was I do a lot of camping and I do a lot of kind of exploring the wilderness, whether it be on BLM land, regular campgrounds, hiking. I do, I try to get out as much as I can, just away from the big city into a peaceful environment. And I really enjoy taking photos as well. So I wanted to find a way to separate my daily life from my outdoor life and create just kind of a an environment, I guess you could say for myself, like a a little community of adventures. And I was trying to find something that would encompass everything between off-roading, between camping, backpacking, hiking. And and that's pretty much what my plan was with Rugged Roamer was to create something online to inspire other people to go out and find adventures that are all different types, not just one specific thing that happens to be rugged and roaming around. Yeah. Which is what what I really enjoyed and I like doing. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. And you also have a YouTube channel as well, too, correct? I do. I uh, it's one thing that I also really enjoyed was I like documenting a lot of my stuff that I do. I enjoy not only documenting it, but I also enjoy the editing process. I think it's very fun and very different to kind of show people how you experience something, what you see through through a camera. I mean, everybody takes a photo or a video differently based off of how they're experiencing something. And I think it's really unique and really fun to show people how I have experienced and viewed it. And it's just fun doing like, throwing videos together and putting music on top of it and editing. So I thought I'd create a YouTube channel and make some fun videos that other people can see. And then I had other ideas with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning on doing more videos as you get out? I do. I, I 
currently haven't been able to get out as much. However, every time I go out, I do have every intention of trying to film as best as I can. Yeah. Ideally, what I would love to do with my YouTube channel is I would love to document a lot more of off-road trails so that other people who are similar to me under the idea of not having very much knowledge of off-roading, I think there are different degrees. Some people are super extreme and there are some people who are just getting into it. And I feel like I... I fall under the just getting into it and still learning how, like what techniques to do, how to approach a line or a terrain that you may be a little more difficult. And one of my biggest things that I had a hard time with was figuring out where to go, at least in my local area, what were trails that I could do in my Subaru. Because I didn't want to ever put myself in a situation that I physically couldn't get out of that would lead to a really bad scenario. No, no good. So exactly. So I always wanted to at least stay somewhat safe. And I figured there are other people out there who I would imagine are very similar and want to know trails that they can take or watch and know what to expect. So one idea that I would love to continue doing with my YouTube channel is documenting these trails and showing other people what they look like, where they can go, how easy it is, how difficult, just that other people know where they can go in Southern California or hopefully beyond that and know that a Subaru can make it. Yeah. Subaru can do it. No, that's a really good idea. And I thought I like that because then for people who are getting into it and are curious, but also maybe intimidated It'll be a way for them to see like, oh, hey, I can actually do that. I'm not I'm not so scared now. I really want to get out now and start exploring because you made it look like it is something that I can do. Exactly. I've I've looked up lots of videos of beginning or beginners off roading, and they're always still so intimidating. So you come across all these cheap <laughs> yeah. channels. Yeah. They're still using words that you don't, I don't even understand. I'm like, what is that? And I'm over here Googling a word just to understand the sentence that they're saying. So I feel like it, it would be nice to have something out there for those people that are not just walking, but are crawling, trying to figure out how to off-road and the very baby steps of getting that confidence to push it more and more. Yeah. Now, is this uh, with your Subaru, is this your first Subaru? It is my first Subaru. So what brought you to Subaru and why did you decide to get an Outback? Uh, probably 100% their marketing. As, oh. as a kid, I would always see this vision of Outbacks being out in the wilderness and people who love camping and hiking and their car taking them to these destinations. And I've always had a station wagon. I had two station wagons before, and this is now my third car and my third station wagon. So I just thought it it was fitting, but I, I, I saw the Subaru Outback as a vehicle that was going to push me further in my adventures than what my two prior cars were able to do. And I just saw this world open up for me thinking I have this Subaru Outback. I have endless possibilities of places to explore. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's that's kind of the way I was with my previous car because I would go to um, our family reunion up in Alto and there were these county roads. And occasionally I would come across these roads that I couldn't get through because my car was too low and they were rutted out. And I already knew at that point that I wanted to cross track. And I'm like, 
if I had a cross trek, I could, I'm sure I could get through this, you know? So I was thinking of that as well. Yeah. I, there have been some camping locations that I've tried to do like road trips all through like Utah or Arizona. And sometimes I felt like I was restricted from being able to go places I found online because I didn't believe that my car would make it because it was a super low station wagon from the nineties or from yeah. the early two thousands. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be in the middle of nowhere and not have anywhere to go or to sleep because my car physically couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, and with your Outback, what year is it in trim level? It is a 2018 2.5 liter premium. So it's not your bare bones level, but it's probably, it's the next step up. Okay. And did you buy it new? I did buy it new. I think okay. I drove it off with seven miles on it. How many miles does it have now? Oh, goodness. It's got 74,000, almost 75. Yeah. That doesn't sound too bad. It's not. Thankfully, during COVID, I didn't have to commute as much. So for the last two years, I my commute was virtually non-existent. So I got to save a lot of mileage on my car. Yeah. So you've had it for about four years and you're at 74,000. I, this, well, it's September today. We're recording this on September 1st, everybody. But um, on the 17th, I will have had Pearl for two years and I just rolled over 60,000 miles. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I drive a lot. Okay. I will not complain about my mileage on my car anymore. <laughs> have you complained to other people about it? Um. You know, sometimes when I have someone that comes to me and they'll complain about their car being at anything less than mine and their car is older than mine. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll sit there. I'm like, oh, please. I'm at 74,000. <laughs> They're like, oh, wow, you drive a lot. But, you know, living in Southern California in a big city, you kind of drive everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I live in Houston. I have to go pick my son up from school a lot. And, you know, we've been on trips. My girlfriend lives in Dallas, so that's like a four and a half hour drive. So I've just been getting out a lot. And then sometimes I just get out of the apartment on my lunch break and go drive around just because yeah. I want to Some people driving therapeutic. Yeah. It is for me, big time. And I just, I just love driving it, even if I'm just driving down the street. I agree. That was also one reason why I got my Outback was I was commuting about an hour and 10 minutes one way. Whoa. So my commute to work Monday through Friday, I was spending about three, close to three hours on the road, depending on traffic. And I had I, the, the car I had before it was so tight and cramped. It was a Chevy HHR. Oh, yeah. Everyone yeah. always made fun of me for because they were like, <laughs> you have that PT cruiser. I'm like, it's not a PT cruiser, but it's close. And it was just so cramped. And when I finally got into the Subaru Outback, when I was testing it, I'm like, this just feels amazing. I feel it was the most spacious car I had tried. And after commuting in my Outback, it just made a world of difference, making that drive so much more pleasant and enjoyable. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just nice when you have something that's comfortable, but it seems like, and I know this is with other car makers too. It's just, cause I think it depends on the person and the car that they get, but definitely it seems like most of the people that are Subaru enthusiasts and really like Subaru and they 
you know, they buy it for a specific reason that it's, they just really, really end up liking it and enjoy driving it. Oh, uh, I can see that a hundred percent. My Subaru is so comfortable. I can easily see myself getting another one. Yeah. When you um, bought it, did you know about the Subaru community? I did not. I had no idea about the Subaru community and it didn't come until a little later after I even had it. I was looking up, I just happened to really like my Subaru and I knew I wanted my Subaru to take me on dirt roads, on trails to get me further to places away from the city. So I was looking up other people that may be doing the same thing just seeing what the Subaru could possibly do. Were you, and then I'd, were you looking them up on Instagram or where were you looking for people? I, at the time I was just looking up on Google. I was just typing oh, okay. in like Subaru Outback off-roading. And I, I didn't actually find very much on Google. I was also looking up like Subaru, uh, like modified or Subaru Outbacks modified to see yeah. if anyone was doing anything crazy with them. <laughs> and I had seen one photo. I don't even remember where it was. I just saw a black Outback, which looked just like mine. And they had put tires on it and a roof rack. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want mine to look like. Nice. Yeah. And and it went from there. And it wasn't until Instagram that I created Rugged Roamer that I found the Subaru, the Subaru community. Yeah. I think that's the way it happens a lot of times is because I... I started looking up people on Instagram because the first person that I saw that had like a really, really heavily modified Crosstrek was 4x4 Subi because I had been looking up YouTube videos of just stock Crosstreks and what they were capable of because I didn't really know much about modding. And so I was just finding YouTube videos and I came across 4x4 Subi and his was orange back then and just had all kinds of crazy mods on it. And... I was thinking like, I wonder if he has an Instagram page. So I just looked it up on Instagram, found it on Instagram, started following him with my other um, Instagram account. And then I started finding other people and other accounts. And this was before I got my Crosstrek, but this was when I knew that I was going to be buying my Crosstrek. So then once I got it and decided to start an Instagram page for Pearl, that's when I just went down the you know, the rabbit hole of <laughs> finding everybody yeah. on Instagram and then seeing all the mods and stuff. Cause I had no intention of doing mods. I didn't really know about it until, I mean, even though I saw like four by four Subi's car and I saw some other ones too, that I connected with on Instagram, I was thinking, Oh, that looks really cool. Like with the stuff that they did, but I wasn't thinking that there was anything that I would be doing or be able to do. So did you, when you started connecting with people because you saw that one Outback. But before that, did you have anything in mind of doing anything to your Outback? I had nothing in mind. I thought my Subaru would be fully capable. I mean, I was seeing all the marketing videos of Subaru Outbacks being on trails and doing all fun stuff. So I bought it thinking I'd be completely fine. And I'm sure I would be. The mods just make it more fun. Yeah, yeah, and they make it more capable depending on what the mods are. Exactly. And then, so what was your first mod when you decided, like, okay, I want mine to look like that. I want to start doing stuff. What was the first thing you did? I would say the first thing I did was I got the roof rack. So I knew probably the best thing that I could do for the 
most benefit as fast as possible was to get the Yakima roof rack that I have. And then following that, because I would consider, I consider a roof rack, depending on which one it is, more of an accessory than a modification because I just put it on crossbars and actually modify anything. So the biggest, the first real modification that I did was my skid plate and my bumper guard at the same time. Okay, nice. Yeah, those are good additions. They are. I knew if I'd wanted to take my car off-road or do anything, it was a. It was still such a new car, and I didn't want to ruin it because I'm like, this is my baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anything to happen to it. So I just figured skid plate was the first thing that was non-negotiable. I'm like, I'm going to protect the undercarriage of my car. It's going to give me peace of mind. The bumper guard's going to protect my bumper, so I don't have to worry about that getting crushed. And it'll just give me an amazing peace of mind. And it did. And were the skid plate and the bumper guard were those things that you had seen on other Outbacks? And you were like, oh, I should probably get that too? So sort of. The the bumper guard, I think, if I can remember back, it was about three and a half to four years ago. I remember seeing a photo of a car from LP Adventure that had the bumper guard and not the skid plates because it's a little bit difficult to show the skid plate. Yeah. But I, I did see the bumper guard and I thought that's really cool. I, I would like something like that for my peace of mind. And I ended up finding LP adventure just by Googling Subaru Outback modifications. And they just had a full website of just everything for my exact make and model. And I thought that was just really cool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, how many mods do you have on your car or I guess mods or additions, accessories? Oh, if I were to estimate, it's not very many, I'd probably say around 10, maybe it's not, I don't have any like real crazy mods. I've got my yeah. skid plate. I've got my bumper guard. I do have a rear diff plate as well. So I guess that counts as all the skid plates. Uh, and then I have done my, I've replaced my fog lights with diodes. I've added ditch lights. And then I have, what else? I've got like lights mounted to my front bumper. Oh yeah. And then I've just added like overlay stickers onto my emblems. I've added side window decals and I did do my window trim because I just wanted to get rid of the chrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's a good one to do. Yeah, I like the all black look. I enjoy that. Yeah, it looks good. Um so with all of your mods, which one would you say is your favorite? I would say my favorite's probably the skid plate. That yeah. peace of mind of having those skid plates really gives me a lot more confidence on the trail. And it even gives me confidence being on the road when I'm down the freeway and there's something in the middle of the road, even though yeah. I try to avoid it at minimum, I'm like, well, I still have my skid plate. <laughs> yeah. So I just feel that extra protection and it, it really makes a world of difference for me and my confidence. Now, have you um, scraped your skid plate and hit it mul- many times? I, I have multiple times. <laughs> I, every time I'm done with the trail, sometimes I'll look underneath my car just to see, cause I'll hear, I'll, I know I've hit a rock pretty hard or something. Yeah. And I'll look under, I've got some pretty big dents and some really nice <laughs> scrapes under there. 
but I, I think of them like a, like a badge. It's almost oh, like yeah. my wilderness badge. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you're out on the trails and you've got skid plates and you don't hit it, it's almost like you're doing something wrong. <laughs> exactly. I, even my bumper guard has a massive dent in it. It's pushed up and I'm like, ah, oh. it's a little bit of a bummer. Cause I, I remember when I hit it, I hit a rock just so hard. I came mm. down on it cause I didn't yeah. see it. But I still, when I look at my bumper guard, I'm like, that was a good day. I remember that one. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're out on the trails and something happens to your car, at least, you know, it's something you did as opposed to like getting a big door ding from a parking lot. Cause some, somebody swung their door open and hit your car. Exactly. I do have a fair share of those though. I have the worst luck in Home Depot parking lots. <laughs> Yeah, it's every time I come back from a Home Depot, somehow I find a new scratch. I have one door ding. I went up to San Antonio or out to San Antonio for work, and I thought I parked in a spot that was kind of like really close to the curb to my right. Mm -hmm. And then somebody had pulled in next to me when I walked out there. I was like, oh, you mm -mm, mm -mm," (laughs) because I saw how close they were. And sure enough, there was like two dings in my door. I'm like, Yeah. It's so painful when someone else does it. But when you do it, it just hurts a little less. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I kind of, I think I know the answer to this, but if you had to get rid of all but one mod, what would you keep? If I had to get rid of all, the one I would keep would be my skid plate. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then you can, you know, if you don't have all the other stuff, you can still get out on the trails and have that peace of mind. Exactly. I would, if I didn't have my skid plate, it would probably be my tires. My tires give me a little extra bit of confidence too, because they need yeah. a little more traction, but that's always such a tough one for me between tires or a skid plate. Yeah, I know. They're both, they're both really good. So, yeah, but I think the skid plate's a good one. Do you, are you still looking at adding some other mods or are you kind of at a spot where you're like, Oh, I'm good. Um, I would like to add more. There's always the balance for me on do I get the mod now? I'm always, I like to think about all of my mods as having a use for them. If I feel I need them, then I'll eventually get that mod. Like I, I waited until my, all of my tires, my stock tires needed to be switched before I got new tires. Yeah. Just because the rationalization in my head was why would you buy new tires if your tires are fine right now? Yeah. So if I, I would like to add more mods. I, I currently had mud flaps in my garage since Christmas that I just haven't been able to get back on yet. Yeah, uh, that happens. Yeah, they'll get on soon. I'm excited to throw those on. I feel like it would make it look much cooler. Yeah, I, ha- I know. I don't have any mud flaps, but I did do the easy flares. And okay. I had those for a while. Because Jay, who goes by audiophile, sent them to me like a year ago. And I finally put them on a few weeks ago. <laughs> but I like, I really like the way they look. It's because I was intimidated by, because it was saying that you had to, or it recommended that you use a hairdryer to like heat up the adhesive so that it'll stick better. And he was like, no, just peel it off and stick it on. It'll be fine. I'm like, okay. So then I did it and that was fine. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I think mine will go on soon. I'm taking a big road trip coming up and I currently am on a spare tire that I have Oh, that I've, I've really, if you know me, I have very bad luck with tires. 
it's it's remarkable how horrible my luck is with tires. Uh, most of them are, I think when I put them on the valve stems, I just had really bad valve stems because it seems like each tire just keeps going out at a different time. Oh, so I'm currently good. riding on a, yeah, I'm currently riding on a spare right now. So before I put my mud flaps on, I need to switch up my spare back out for my, my proper tire. Yeah. And I just haven't been able to get that switched out yet. So do you not, do you have a full tire or a full size spare? I do. I don't have a full size for the replace or for the tires that I had replaced. So I have all black. Rims. Okay. My full size spare is currently my stock rim. So gotcha. I'm currently riding with three black <laughs> and one chrome silver looking one. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah, but I do have the proper tire size on it. So I, I well, could good. technically still go out and do stuff. It just doesn't look as pretty. Yeah. That one wheel. Yep, that one. Yeah. Um mm, oh yeah. So have have you gotten any mods that you ended up not liking and replaced them with something else? I haven't had one that I've actually replaced yet. I do have in mind two to three that I would eventually like to fix. My ditch lights, I re- I would like to replace my ditch lights with preferably diodes that are much brighter because I just have those cheap $20 ones off of Amazon. Oh, yeah. Just to fill the spot, but they don't really do very much for me when it's nighttime. And then I would also like to switch out. I have a chase light in the back of my trunk. So it's not on the outside of my car. It's actually on the inside and it's mounted to the, the trunk hitch. Okay. Yeah. So it, it works great during day, but at nighttime, that light is just blasting. It looks like a rave is going on in the trunk <laughs> of my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you want to get so, one on the outside. Correct. I'd like to get a proper one that I can actually mount to my rack in the back. And then I... I think the third one I would like to switch would be my bumper guard. As much as I love it and as peace of mind it gives me, it does change my approach angle a little bit. So it it does take up like about an inch off, which is pretty important in the off-road world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good for that protection, but it also does give you a little less clearance. Exactly. There's been a few things that I haven't been able to reach just because I, I've seen it where my bumper guard, if it wasn't there, I'm 99% sure I would have been able to clear it. Yeah, yeah. Earlier, you mentioned that you like to go camping and you like to get out and adventure and everything. Are you, do you ever see yourself getting a rooftop tent? And do you go camping that often that you would get good use of one? Ah, oh, that is, that's the golden question that I always think about. I would love a rooftop tent. They just seem so much. They seem amazing just to be on top of the roof, overlooking things. It seems accessible. Yeah. I I do weigh a little the pros and cons with it. So it's not quite where I feel comfortable getting one yet because I'm I'm still really enjoying the Luna Life mattress that I have and sleeping inside my car. Yeah, those are nice. So, they are very nice. Plus, they're they're a little bit more accessible, in my opinion, because the the rooftop tent. I, well, a lot of the traveling that I do goes from destination to destination, so I'll be at one place for maybe a night or two nights, and I'll use my car 
to go drive somewhere else. So my, my biggest concern with the rooftop tent is having to take it down yeah. every time I need to drive my car somewhere. That's a good point. So that's, I think my biggest concern is with how much I move on a frequent basis when it comes to camping, whether, I mean, I'll set up camp and then I'll go do an off-road trail somewhere, or I'll go and visit the hot springs up in Mammoth, but I'll be staying in Alabama Hills. So to take the rooftop tent off and set it up and tear it down just seems a little redundant and not so appealing if I'm taking long trips. Yeah, it'd have to be something where you know that like maybe you're going to set up camp for a while and then maybe just go hiking in the area that you're at and not drive around. That seems it would make the most sense for something, a situation like that. Exactly. Currently, what I've got my setup right now with just my Luno mattress or a regular tent is working perfectly fine as the moment. Yeah. So how has your your experience been with Luno? It's been pretty good. It's been a little funny. Uh, when I say funny is because my fiance now, he when he sleeps in there with me, he has this horrible way that he sleeps by he tosses and turns and he (laughs) has this amazing habit of pulling the deflate valve in the middle of the night (laughs) somehow it'll like it'll hook on the side of my door and i'll like wake up to just hearing (laughs) he'll look over and he's like i did it again and i'm like just stuff a blanket on the side there or something so then we'll have to like reinflate it but other than that i've never done it for myself so i sleep great yeah. Well, the nice thing is, is if you, if you have to reinflate it, those things inflate so fast with those pumps. I mean, they really do. When I set mine up for the first time, uh, just to just to air it up and see how it fit in the car and everything, I aired it up and I was like, "This is like super, super fast." Like I was really impressed. So they did a really good job with those pumps. They did, and it's it's just remarkable the mattress itself, how you can change the firmness of it yeah. for both like either partner that you're with, you can choose whatever firmness that you want. And, and like you said, it goes really fast. So even setup in general is just really enjoyable. Yeah. And I like that you can, they have it set up to where you can suck the air out too, so that you can really collapse it down and fold it up and put it in the bag. That is true. However, I don't know why I never do that. I'm always like spreading my arms like a bird jumping what? on top of it to deflate it. Just, yeah, just hook it up. You can like, do you do you not use it at all that way? Um, the, like the reverse pump? Yeah. I, I don't. I never. Oh, I know it's that awesome. Pumps can, I know pumps can reverse even when you use like when you float, when you go to blow up floaty toys or something. I don't know what it is, but my mind never goes to that. My mind always oh, goes to just squeezing the air out of it. I mean, that is kind of fun, but man, it's it, like it's nice because it will really suck all of the air out so that it gets nice and flat and rolls up really tight. Well, Come now on. I've got something to remember next time. Yes. Like, now I'm learning from you. There you go. I know because I, I didn't really, I don't remember if I just noticed it on the pump that you can do that. Because I think I did the same thing when I first aired mine up as I was trying to push the air out and I looked at the pump and I was like, oh, this is set up that you can draw all the air out and it works awesome. Do it. That is do fantastic it. news. I will I will do it next time. All right. Good. <laughs> so how often do you get out camping? 
Uh, I try to go camping every single month. It's really something that is important to me. And I guess you could say like my physical and mental well-being. I just love the outdoors and everything it has to offer. So I try to get out every single month. I haven't been able to for the last like eight months for so many reasons, specifically life. But I, I really do try to get out as much. It's just such a joy. I like to call myself a weekend warrior. I'll often take trips. I'll leave after work at nine o'clock at night to bypass all of Los Angeles traffic, wake up at a destination at six in the morning. Sometimes I'll get there at two in the morning, sleep for four hours and spend Saturday day, Sunday morning, and then drive home. This episode is brought to you by Melee Design Firm. They are your battery and battery mount specialists. If you are into rallying your Subaru, you need to keep your battery secure. That's where Melee Design Firm comes into play. Go check out their battery mounts. You can mount them in multiple locations. They also have a special edition Bucky Lassic battery mount. So go check out MeleeDesignFirm.com and get your battery mount or spruce up your engine compartment with some engine bay caps. Thank you, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Spider No-Drill Roof Rack. If you're looking for rooftop storage solutions, this is a place to be. Go check out spiderroofrack.com and see what they have to offer for your Subaru. You can do like me and use it to keep your spare tire up there. Or you can put up some storage boxes for camping gear or for recovery gear, whatever it is that you may need. It's also a great place to mount additional lights like some side lights, chase lights, or a light bar in the front. You can use the code SUBIANU, all spelled out, to get 10% off of your Spider No-Drill Roof Rack. Thank you so much for sponsoring the SUBIANU podcast. And now, back to the show. Now, are these trips always with your fiancé, or do you go solo sometimes? Uh, sometimes I haven't done a solo trip. It is on my list to do. Okay. I, I have a friend that I have met in a backpacking class when I was in college. So she often does a lot of trips with me. And my fiance now, he he has FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> so anytime, anytime I talk about a trip, he's like, I better go. You better plan it when I can do it. Oh, that's funny. So probably 99% of the time, he's almost on every trip with me as well, because he loves the outdoors just as much as I do. That's good. It's nice when you have a partner who wants to do and likes to do a lot of the same things that you do. So I'm sure that's like, it's really cool to have somebody to share your experiences like with that. It's also nice when he also offers like a little bit of added protection. There's always a little bit of that fear of two women going in the middle of nowhere and he offers that little bit of protection and also he changes my tires if I need them. There you go. Yeah. With my bad tire luck. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, so with the places that you have gone out, cause you said you like to go out and drive trails and explore different places. Where are some of your favorite places to go? My favorite place. I've only been once and it was out in it was technically Arizona I believe so I'd done this big road trip through Utah and Arizona and it was just south of 
the, I guess it would be east of the northern rim of the Grand Canyon. Okay. It's this really pretty spot that is a, a basic sedan wouldn't be able to make it. It's not like a crazy off-road, but I mean, you need some high clearance. Yeah. And it brings you this gorgeous camping spot that is just right on the rim of this canyon. And it's it's a free, it's BLM land, so it's free. And they also have like free roaming cows and cattle. So it's just kind of cool that you can see some cattle off in the distance. They're not really around where you're camping. Yeah. Uh, I just love that part of Northern Arizona, Southern Utah. I think it just has so many amazing places that it offers for all different types of driving, hiking, camping. So what is BLM land? BLM land is Bureau of Land Management. So it's kind of like we as the people own the land and it's being managed by the Bureau of Land Management. It's basically, you can go out and you can camp for free. You just pick a spot and you can camp there. Sometimes they'll have designated shooting spots. So you can even go out and go shooting. That's cool. It's largely used for camping. It's, I absolutely love it because I can plan a trip on a whim and I don't have to pay for a camping spot or run the risk of the camping sites not being available because it's going to take a year for you to make a reservation. You do get a little bit of risk though, because you'll show up and there may be other people there. So you kind of are driving around, checking out little nooks and crannies to see where you can drop your tent in the most respectful way possible without (laughs) being right next to someone. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you do, I forgot what it's called, but it's like, it's where you go camping and you're not actually in a campground. Uh, like overlanding or. I can't, there's a name for it, but it's like, it's almost like you just go find a spot somewhere like in a park, like a, a, a national forest or a state park or something that's public land. And you just go drop your tent wherever, um, or like I, on a mountain. There, I'm sure there's a name for it, but I'm blanking on it as well. Yeah, there is a name for it. I just can't remember what it is. Or do you, so do you usually go to actual campsites? I guess that's a better question. Uh, I almost never go to actual campsites. Oh, okay. I have, oftentimes I always run into whenever I try to go to an actual campsite, you, I tend to get the campsite where you've got like yelling kids next door or you've got someone blasting music. So I try to find the most remote place I can with the least amount of people and the most amount of silence. Yeah, that's good because you want to be able to enjoy the outdoors and get some sleep. Exactly. And so I was looking at your profile and it says from sea to signage. Let me do that over. From (laughs) sea to shining sea and everything in between. Have you traveled across country or is that something that is from sea to shining sea? Is that like an ambition of yours to go cross country? So that is an ambition of mine. When I was creating my bio for Rugged Roamer, I have seen other accounts have these fun little catchphrases or something that they feel like embodies them. And I was thinking, I, I believe that the United States, specifically like the continent, has so many beautiful and amazing places to offer. Oh yeah. And I think it often gets overlooked because everybody always wants to travel abroad and go to Europe or Fiji, but there's just an 
remarkable amount of beauty here in the United States. And one of my favorite ways to travel is through car because when you're flying, you're missing all of that beautiful landscape. Yeah. So I would, I aspire to go to every national park in the United States and be able to take my car to every single one I'm able to without, of course, Alaska or Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but ideally I would, I would love to go basically from sea to shining sea, like one of our, uh, our songs always says, basically from California all the way across to New York or New Jersey, South Carolina, all like pretty much everything that the United States has to offer. Yeah, you could do a, a Falcon Rue one trip across the country like he and his wife did for their um, for their honeymoon. Oh, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, and then so like um, speaking of that, like exploring the U.S. So when I had Jordan on, who goes by ALNSM Overland, he was on episode 38. He and his girlfriend were planning to go explore a bunch of other neighboring countries. And then COVID hit and they shut down the borders and they weren't able to go anywhere. So he decided to go explore France. And that's what they did. They went and explored a bunch of places they'd never been to before. That's so cool. I love that. I love hearing about stories of people exploring and instead of just like staying or doing the normal, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. And they went out, I think they were out for eight months or something like that. And they're, um, Forrester. I was going to say, did they ship their car over? No, no, no. They live in France. Oh, they live in France. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's no. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. So they live in France and he, like I said, they wanted to go explore all the, the a lot of the neighboring countries there but they couldn't get across the border. So they just explored places of France that they had never been to before. And they had been planning and planning and planning to do this long overland trip. And they ended up staying out for about eight months and just living in their Forester. That, see, that is really cool. I've seen a YouTube channel. I don't remember exactly the name, but there's this girl that goes overlanding and she actually ships her car all over the world. Wow. And she'll stay in a country doing this massive trip for months, and then she'll take her car and she'll ship it somewhere else and go overlanding somewhere else. And I just think that it's a lot of work, but that's really cool. It's yeah, very it's unique. a lot of work and a lot of money. But I mean, I imagine that so many of us that love our Subaru so much, if the if we had the opportunity to do that and, you know, it wasn't an issue, you know, or with cost or anything, be yeah. like, man, ship my car over there because I want to drive my car on those trails. Exactly. Our cars are always more comfortable to us. Yeah, and it's familiar and we just enjoy driving them. Yeah. So what is the furthest distance you've actually driven in your the Outback? The furthest I've gone in my Outback so far has been what I call a lollipop trail. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a lollipop because you have a straight drive to a specific part. And then you do the big loop and then you take that straight drive back. So being in Southern California, I had driven up to through Nevada, up into Utah. And then we kind of did the Southern part of Utah, came all the way down into Arizona and then back into Nevada and then took the same route. So we had done the big five, I believe is what they call it. Okay. So we had hit Zion National Park. Bryce Canyon, Canyonlands, Arches, and the Grand Canyon. And then we also 
went around a lot of other places to like that Forrest Gump spot where he goes, I think I'll go home now. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like an awesome trip. It was. It was. Man, that area is just stunning. They have so much to see. And it's so cool how we did it in the span of seven days. Okay. So yeah. That was see- my next question is how long that trip was. Yeah, it was. That trip originally wasn't going to happen because right before COVID hit, my friend and my fiance and I, we got permits to backpack Havasupai Falls, oh, which okay. is, I don't, I don't know if you know about Havasupai Falls. Nope. It's this gorgeous turquoise blue waterfall that wow. is in the middle of an Indian reservation right near the Grand Canyon. And it's an extremely difficult permit to get. I think when I looked it up, they said it's like the fifth hardest permit to get in the United States. Wow. Um, I, I could be wrong. It's just off of memory. And we had actually gotten permits for it. It's a 10-mile hike in, and then we stay for four days, and it's a 10-mile hike back, all in the sun. So we, we were prepared for that hike, but then COVID happened, and they've canceled it. So we had the entire week off for that trip from work. So we decided, let's make a road trip out of it. So do you still have those permits, and you can go back and do that hike at some point? We do. Uh, we do have the permit still. It's been canceled three years in a row. That sucks. It it really does. It's like a bucket list hike of mine. So that's it's a bucket list of also my friend and my fiance as well. And we are looking forward to it every year. So we're trying to get out and hike to get ourselves in shape for this hike. And all the last three years, it's been canceled. So we're taking that time to do another road trip coming up at the end of this September. There you go. Nice. Where are you going to go? We are deciding between going across, going east to Texas. Or, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be a fun one. The, the number one option that we are really trying to do is go north through California up into Oregon and Washington. Oh, that's but beautiful. that's a big bucket list that I would love to do is to see all of Oregon and Washington. The only concern that we're running into is it's fire season. Yeah. And a lot of the fires that happen in California tend to happen in Northern California through those mountains. And we were originally going to do that trip first three years ago, except they had so many of the highways blocked off and you couldn't even take some of those. So our route to go up North was pretty much blocked off. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, so we're, we're fingers crossed that yeah. we'll be able to do it this month. I know. I would love to be able to take enough time off to drive out to California and then go up California, go up the Pacific Coast Highway and go up to Oregon and Washington and then make my way back down here. Because I'm thinking yeah. like... It'd be nice to just take a two-week trip and take my time, you know, going out to California because I know it's a, a really long trip, and then just go visit places and visit people and maybe, you know, do some episodes out on the road and just have a good time. That would be really cool. I think one thing, uh, there's another option you can add on to it, which is another one of my bucket list trips that I want to do is I want to go up to Oregon and Washington and then cut right and go all the way over through Yellowstone and Glacier National Park to go over to Montana. That's also another trek that I would love to make. Yeah, I've heard I've heard all those places are beautiful. There's just you're right. I mean, like in the US, there's so much stuff to see. 
that, I mean, yeah, of course it would be nice to go overseas and go see some places, but I think if you're able to at least, because flying can be really expensive and then you have to rent a car if you want to go somewhere, but what better way to explore the U.S. than take your own Subaru? I mean, it's a Subaru. It's going to make it. Come on. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there's still, I mean, there's parts of Texas that I really want to go see. There's parts that I've been to before that I want to get back to that. I just, I just don't have the time to do it. And so I think like, this is a big state too. Yeah. It's a really big state. So, but like going out West, there's a lot of really cool stuff out West to explore. And I just need to make it happen like some summer, just plan like some long weekends or something and get out there. I mean, and then there's places that aren't too far away that I just have trouble getting out to. Yeah, I know. Have you been to, cause Texas is right next to New Mexico. Have you been out towards like white sands national park? I have not. Uh, see, that's, that's one of the ideas that we're considering going to, which is why we'd be led to Texas is that we can also get to white sands national park, which looks stunning in itself yeah yeah i know there's there's so much stuff i want to go do (laughs) (laughs) um so owning your outback what has surprised you the most about it uh it's capabilities honestly i'm a little bit more reserved in some of the stuff that i do because there's always this little voice in the back of my head being like don't be dumb you have to drive home yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah there there are some people that I see on the trails and they send it and I'm just in awe. I'm like, your Subaru did that. And it makes me be like, my Subaru could do that. Cause my Subaru is like yours. Yep. Yeah. It's the, the capabilities of the car and what it's capable of is it's remarkable. It astonishes me that a station wagon or like a crossover for a cross track can do so much that, even a, a Jeep could do. Sometimes I'm on a trail, like I was out doing, uh, I was out in Mojave doing an off-road like overland trail. And I remember my fiance was in the passenger seat and we're passing by a bunch of Jeeps. And all of a sudden you see these Jeeps be like, that's a Subaru. Those are Subarus. <laughs> and yeah. the, we're the only Subarus out there. Everyone else is like a, a Jeep or a uh, so, like a Lexus or some crazy overland vehicle. And then there's us and our Subarus just trekking along, doing our thing. We can make it too. We can. Yeah. It should be like a, a slogan. We can make it. <laughs> exactly. We can do what you can do. Exactly. So does your um, fiance have a Subaru also? He does not. He is talking about wanting to get a Forester though. He loves the headspace in the Forester because... Yeah. He, he's a he's slightly of a taller guy, but he just graduated from a master's program and has gotten his job. So once he gets once he gets the ball rolling with his job, he's like, mm, I'm gonna save <laughs> up and I'm gonna get me a Forester. That way, you'll have an Outback and I'll have a Forester. Yeah, that would be fun. Then y'all can go, you know, any place that's local. Y'all can go hit some trails together. And just yeah, you know, have fun with it. It'll be like a his and hers Subaru. Yeah, I mean, there are people that do that. Yeah. So speaking of your fiance, that happened back in February, right? Uh, it So it did and it didn't. The reason I say it didn't is it <laughs> technically, <laughs> I, I posted about it on Valentine's Day because I thought, what a great opportunity because he actually proposed Christmas morning. Okay. 
Yeah. I just got so like carried away throughout that holiday season and completely forgot to post about it. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll wait till Valentine's Day because it's about love. So I'll wait yeah. for like the day of love to post about it. Yeah. So, so it was it was really cool. He had actually I was making jokes for about two months when or almost all throughout December when there's a tree. I'm like, if there's not a tiny little box underneath that tree, then I don't want it. <laughs> uh, just like making subtle jokes. And every single time he was like, oh, I just wrapped this box and he put it underneath the tree. And I'm like, that doesn't look small enough to be a ring. <laughs> just obviously it was just playful and joking. And then it what made it even more entertaining and also sweet at the same time was he actually did have a tiny box under the tree. Uh, so then he ended up proposing Christmas morning, which was really fun. That's nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. My, uh, my daughter, she, her husband now had proposed to her, I think it was maybe the day after Valentine's or something, or maybe the day before, I can't remember. And she, but she was like, you better not, if you're going to propose, you better not propose to me on Valentine's because that's just really cheesy. Come on. <laughs> and um, where they were, where she was going or where she is going to school, it's up in Arkansas and it had been snowing a lot. And so they were going out with some friends and they're walking around and they had gone like, so they'd gone somewhere with their friends and then he wasn't sure if they were all going to walk back, but his he had already had it planned out. So they were both walking back with a friend and with all the snow being on the ground, he was like, hey, can you take a picture of us, you know, with the snow? And she was like, yeah, sure. So she, because it's a friend didn't know either. And yeah. so that was when he like, you know, dropped to one knee and proposed there in the snow. And so that was really cool. That's so sweet. It's, it's kind of got similarities to mine too, because I, Steven, my fiance, we were watching a TikTok video at some point about, and it was a proposal. And this woman had opened up like box after box after box <laughs> that revealed an engagement ring. And it, we're watching this together. And I looked at it. I'm like, never proposed to me that way. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is open like 10 boxes. Cause at that point I'm just annoyed. <laughs> yeah. So he told me after he's like, you told me that. And I went into a panic because that's exactly what he had done. Oh my God. One of the big boxes underneath the tree was actually like five different boxes that <laughs> led to one tiny little one with a ring. So he went and he had, it's kind of funny and pretty accurate to our relationship. I ended up, what I said, made him having to open up every single one of those boxes to get back down to the ring to repackage it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So what what was supposed to be my torture ended up being his. <laughs> <laughs> Backfired on him. Exactly. But it was good that y'all watched that video because then it uh, kind of laid it out for him. It did. And, yeah. and I was actually very surprised because everyone had finished opening their gifts in front of with my whole family. And he had said, oh, I think there's another gift underneath the tree. And I'm looking at him like, no, there's not. We, we've given our gifts to everyone. So he's like holding this tiny little ornament box. So it was this really cute box that was meant to be an ornament with our anniversary date engraved in it. Oh, nice. And, and then he had opened up the box. But then, meanwhile, in the process, I'm looking at him like, that's not our gift. Why are, <laughs> you, why are you holding this box? We didn't buy this. You're holding somebody else's gift to give to someone. 
And then he, that's when he had gone on me and proposed. And still, it, it's shocking me because I'm like, this isn't ours. What are you Wait, doing? Yeah. <laughs> and then my family is like uproaring in the background, like yelling. They're all in excitement because they were all waiting for something to happen, too, because we've been together for so long. And he's like trying to propose and I can't even hear anything. <laughs> so was, I'm, I'm sitting there staring and like waiting for to hear the words, no, unknowing he had already said them. Yeah. And then my aunt's in the background being like, well, are you going to say it? He's like, I already did. And then Be he quiet, said, everybody. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. But it was great. It was really fun to have my family as part of the whole experience. It also saved me from having to tell the story 10 different times to 10 different people. Oh, yeah. How, that's very convenient. It is. So is he really supportive with your build or is he like, oh, geez, another another mod? Come on. Oh, he is overly supportive and I love it. Oh, that's great. If anything, great. he's probably more supportive of my mods and my Rugged Roamer page than I am because I won't, sometimes I won't post for like a week. It's been a while since I've posted because we haven't been able to get out very I much. I noticed that. Yeah. Well, everyone I go out and do stuff with are all in school and I've I've been trying to do a lot more hiking and I also I do a lot of line dancing too. Everybody always is like, What? But I do I I know. That's cool. There's a there's a line dancing bar five minutes away from my house. So I go there and I get my cardio. I get a really good workout all the time and I I love it. There you go. It's a good way to do it. So it's it, that's been taking a bit of my time too. But back on to the other topic is he will, if I don't post, he'll be sitting there and he'll be like, poke me. He's like, you haven't posted in a while. Go post a photo, go do this. Or he'll also ask me like about a mod. He's like, when are you going to do this? When are you going to get this? Cause he knows what I want to do. And he's like, just do it now. And I'm like, I can't afford it right now. And he's like, I'll just buy it for you then. I'm like, no, you can't just buy me everything. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's really good that he's supportive like that. And and oh. that that's supportive. Oh yeah, he's very supportive. He's helped me install almost all of the mods that I've done on my car. He helps me do my oil changes. He even I don't have a spare tire carrier, so I leave it on my roof rack. So he's always more than willing if I have to switch a tire out. He's got the extra muscles to be able to pull it off. Yeah. He's also taller. So yeah, he's he's Overly supportive. He's with me on almost every trail run. He's always encouraging me to push my limits, at least within an okay reasoning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you have your tire secured to your roof rack? I so I've tried two different methods. I have originally just done a ratchet strap. So I had a ratchet strap that was black and red because it kind of matched my color scheme, and I was like, "This yeah. is perfect." And then I was talking to Frankentrek, I think it was, who was talking about how, like, a, a while ago, I, was ta- I believe it was her, but I was talking to someone had said they had their rack tied or their tire tied down with a bike lock. And I was like, that's brilliant because you can drive around and not worry about your tire being stolen. Yep. So I had bought a bike lock and tried it, but it just didn't quite work for me. It was very odd. The it was such, it was very stiff. And I think I bought the bike lock way too big because I had all of these like wires sticking up. <laughs> so I just yeah. went back to the rack. I just went back to the ratchet strap and I was like, eh, if someone in my neighborhood's going to take this tire, they're going to have to work pretty hard for it because I, it was strapped in like multiple times. Granted, they could cut it, but they'd have to get up on my car and it's, 
it's a pretty big hassle, I feel like, for someone to go on a roof rack to take that. Yeah, that's what I used to have. I used to have the Y strap with the ratchet and then but I also had a cable bike lock through my tire so that you know, and it was loose, but that was what I did the first time because I live in an apartment complex. So I'm like, if somebody wants to take it, they cut the strap, there's the bike lock there, they're not going to pull it off. And now yeah. I have the Yakima bike rack or um, the Yakima tire carrier on top that like screws down. That. Oh, it's awesome. I love it. Do you like it? Yes. Yeah, nice. it's, it's it's easy. It's definitely on one of my wish lists to get at some point. Because I feel like it'd be much easier than a ratchet strap. Because I my ratchet strap is wrapped in probably five or six different times. Yeah, and my ratchet strap was getting like really hard to operate, and that's what was like annoying me to not to like ratchet it down, but to loosen it up. And the rat does the straps from being out in the sun and getting rained on and everything. They were just yeah. like the condition, like they weren't deteriorating or anything, but they just weren't like smooth it wasn't smooth operating anymore and so i saw when i went out well when i was there for the one year anniversary for software nation blossom trek had the yakima tire carrier on her roof rack and i was and i saw it and i was like oh that is so cool and so around christmas time i was wanting to get one and they were all sold out and go trekking he had one because that he wasn't using anymore because he got a tire carrier on the back. And he's like, I'll sell it to you for 60 bucks. And I'm like, sold. Send it to me. Convenient. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. So now that's how I got mine. And I, I really like it. That is awesome. That's good to know because it's on my list. So now maybe it might get pushed a little higher. Yeah, it's just it's really convenient. And you don't have to worry about the strap. And it's just a lot easier to operate. So I've seen too, like on your Instagram page, you have you have pictures of like driving through sand and through snow and trails. But have you been through mud? Because I didn't see any pictures of mud. I have been through mud once and it wasn't a lot of it. And I just, well, being in Southern California, we don't get very many opportunities for rain. That's a and good I'll point. I'll see people up in Big Bear, which is about a two and a half hour drive from where I am. I'll see people in Big Bear doing like mud runs, except they're always in the, in the middle of me working. And I'm always like, do people not work? How are they <laughs> yeah. just like in the middle of the work day, in the middle of the week up there? And by the time I'm able to actually try to go experience it, it's pretty much dried out or it's gone and virtually not there anymore. But I have been in mud once, and I tell you, it was everywhere. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. a year later, I was still finding mud in places. And I, I could probably still go to my engine and point out places where the mud was. Yeah, mud mud will get everywhere. The worst is getting up in the wheel wells, because I'll, I'll go with the, um, like the little uh, self-car wash with the pressure yeah. washer and... First of all, like the wheel wells are really deep up in there because I can stick the wand like way up in there and there's just like mud coming down. And I'm just like, like this, the mud won't stop coming down. And and then I can't see up there. So I don't know like what's still left. So I'm sure there's probably, there's probably mud in there from the first time I ever went through mud. <laughs> I, I completely understand that because when I went through mud that one time, I, for months, I would just take that power washer when I would go through on myself as well. 
and I would just hold it in the wheel well. I just hold it and it would just still be brown, just endless brown yep. pouring out. And I'm like, is this ever going to stop? I would even try to spray off my skid plate and it was like chunks of mud just kept falling out of random places. <laughs> Every single yeah. time I would go in, I'm like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's never ending. I'm almost afraid to ever take my skid plate off because I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff up under there. But I might, it's probably not a bad idea to get in there and clean it out. Yeah. I've, I've seen some people have skid plates that have gone pretty crazy where they have to take their skid plate out and they'll take a mallet and they'll try to like beat out the dents that they have in their skid plates. And I'm like, maybe, maybe one day I'll be there where I've got. <laughs> Where I've done something so crazy that I have such big dents that I'll have to pound them out, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it won't get too bad at some point. Yeah. Hopefully. So I know that you've been out with like people from Soft Road Nation and, you know, maybe some other people, but are you part of any car group or do you just kind of just go hang out with different people? Uh, I just go out and hang out with different people. I, I see a bunch of car groups, Software Nation and Rally Innovations are probably the ones that I've been to the most. Okay. I, I mostly just look online to see who's holding an event or who's doing something. And if I can make it, I'll show up. I, I've, I've never really had an opportunity to be part of any group other than just showing up when they have an event. And that's what it is. I've got friends that I'll go out with every once in a while. But for the most part, it's just seeing what's online and showing up. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, there's uh, some. I do that in the uh, Wednesday segment and then in the Subi Scoop. I try to keep up with events that are going on so that, like, if somebody happens to miss it on Instagram, then, you know, if they listen to the Wednesday segment, maybe they'll hear something in there. But it's, uh, there's always, seems like there's always something going on somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I feel like there is. I, I know for a while I haven't done much with it, but I was also starting to help out with the Mountain Rue Los Angeles chapter. Uh, so I was trying to do some things with them, but then over the last like eight or so months, I just haven't been able to get out very much, but there there's, I feel like there's always something out there between, there's just so many car groups that someone's always doing something. Yeah. And it's, it's good to have that, you know, to have that, I guess, diversity in different groups and to know that there are people that you can get out with, and uh, I mean, I, I know you enjoy getting out with your fiance and y'all go do things, but it's cool to go hit some trails with a bunch of other cars too. It really is. I like, I always think about doing trail runs with people there. It's so much fun. I love it. I feel like it's just the adult version of follow the leader. <laughs> it's just so much more fun. Yeah. Cause I remember when I went up to uh, Subaru flat fest and I met up with Patrick and Jen and there was um, some other cross treks there too. There was six of us and it was cool because it was all cross treks. And so we're like going down the highway and there's people driving by us looking. And then we even had some other Subarus that were going to Flatfest also. They passed us up and waved and everything. So that was really cool. But being able to like, because there's out here, I've met up with a few people and, you know, we're Subarus, but we don't usually like roll into somewhere, drive, you know, a long way down the highway. And so it was kind of cool to experience that and be with other. And like, and I felt like my car was almost stock compared to these other Crosstreks because they had like so many mods on them. And I was yeah. like, my car looks so plain. I, yeah, I completely understand that. You 
having a cross track. I feel like there's so many cross track owners out there and, and it's awesome and it's great. But I, I nerd out a little bit when I pull up to an event and I'm like, there's an outback. This is wonderful. Cause I always yeah. feel so far and few. And I remember I had done one trail run. It was a night trail run and we had met up at a parking lot and it was the first time that there were three other outbacks. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And we're driving <laughs> through, we're driving on the mountain road just to get to the trailhead. And we're like this whole convoy of Subarus and I'm like sandwiched right in between outbacks. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm around other outbacks for once. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a good feeling and it's just fun to be out with other people that are in the community too. Yeah, it's a great community. It's very, it's very welcoming and very enjoyable just to be around all different types of people who all have so much knowledge to help and also are willing to help as well as understand our vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the, I say it often and almost on every episode, but it's just, it's so great how helpful people are within the community when you have a question and you know that you can reach out to somebody and get an answer for it. Oh, definitely. The Subaru community has just given me so much confidence in learning how to off-road and not feeling like I I need to know what I'm doing. Because sometimes I feel like there's this stigma that if you're off-roading, you have to know what you're doing. But I've just learned to be okay with a little bit of the humility of being like, what what are you saying? I don't understand those words. Can you help teach me what that is so I can learn it? Yeah, because then that's good. It's it's nice to learn all those things, too, because then when you are put in a situation where you're going with somebody that's new, then you've learned all this stuff and you can help somebody else. And then that's a good feeling, too, when you have somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing or they're kind of intimidated. And then you like make them feel comfortable and give them the confidence to to do something, you know, to get a line just right, or you can make it over that obstacle. Trust me, because I've seen other cars do it. Because I know that like, when I'm, when I've been in my car, and I'm getting to a certain spot, and inside the car, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, that just looks so gnarly. And then I'll get out of my car, and I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. And then you, then you go and you're like, okay, yeah, this was pretty easy. So yeah, it's, it's very nice to also be able to follow people and see, okay, your car have done this. I still yes. always have my, uh, my doubts because I'm like, well, you have a better lift than I do, or you have a cut bumper, but I, I always have to stay a little grounded and be like, but you're still Subaru and I can still give it a shot because I know I'm in good company to help get me out of this if I'm stuck. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so what or how has owning your Subaru and being part of the community changed your life? It's, it's, that's a good question. I mean, it really has changed my life. I have so much more confidence in going out and exploring things that I wouldn't normally do. Sometimes I'll go out on a trail that I have done through, uh, like through groups and they'll do an offshoot and I'll be like, I'm a little too concerned about doing that offshoot. I don't know if my outback could do that. Cause I see everybody else in their modded cross tracks, super high bumpers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, maybe my outback can't do that. But then later down the road, if I've got some spare time, I'll go do the trail again that I've already seen people do. And then I'll gain a little bit more confidence and be like, well, you know, maybe now that I don't have to worry about like 50 people on this trail run, I'll, I'll give it a try 
and be a little bit more patient without feeling pressure. Like we all need to move on or something. So it's given me a lot of confidence in being able to trust my vehicle, to know also to push its limits as far as that I think it is. Because what I think my car can do, I know it's capable of probably 10 times more what I think it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's also taught me a, a lot about people, how many different people there are out there that are all experiencing and enjoying just exactly what I love. There's a stereotype of people who drive Subarus are all outdoorsy people. But I've also met a lot of people who go off-roading, but they don't even like camping. They're like, ah, I'm just going <laughs> to sit in my car yeah. and I'm just going to drive the trail. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's all different people that like off-roading, but don't necessarily like going camping or hiking. And they just enjoy the drive. Yeah, there's definitely all different sorts. And because like, I like camping, but I can only do it for like so long. You know, I can't do yeah. like a week long of camping or something, you know, maybe a couple of days or something like that. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, I like getting out and I like hitting the trails. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, I went out to Colorado hit some trails there. I've been up to Madison now and they had a little off-road park at Subaru Flat Fest. But I want to go out to Arizona and I'd love to go out to Colorado at some point. Or no, not Colorado, to um, California at some point. And it's just, I feel like I'm in one of the worst spots because everything is so far away from me. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And because you're like pretty much, Texas is the middle of everything and it's yeah. also so big. Like my aspirations to go visit Oregon and Washington, I have to pass through all of California. I'm basically at yeah. the base of it. So to get to Oregon is about probably an 11 to 12 hour drive just to get out of my own state. Yeah. And the problem with Texas too, is most of the land here is private land. So you don't have like just some area like, oh, hey, let's go drive these trails because it doesn't really exist. I mean, they're... There are some areas like there's uh, a place called that has like a James River Road and then there's like the Texas Overland Trail, but it's mostly just like a gravel road. And so it's yeah. not it's not terrible because it's it's really nice out there and it's kind of hilly. But like I would just I would love to live in Colorado and or the Pacific Northwest and all these people that I have on the podcast and they're like, oh, I drive 30 minutes. I'm in the mountains. I'm like, you suck. <laughs> yeah. I I agree. I, I even get a little bit of that because a lot of the people that I know from like, for instance, Soft Road Nation, Rally Innovations, Mountain Rue, a lot of those people that I talk to, they live a little more in the Inland Empire and they're significantly closer to Big Bear, those nice trails. And I'm like, I'm it's going to be two hours with no traffic for me. And if we meet at six, I'm like, ah, it's like a four hour drive. I'm doubling my traffic just to get to a trail run. Yeah, if I if I lived like two hours away from the mountains, I would be going all the time because I think the closest that I can get to mountains is at least like a 15 hour drive. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely take it for granted over here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, Houston is not the greatest place to own a Subaru and wanting to go <laughs> off road and go exploring. But yeah. I am I am thankful for the trips that I've had. I'm thankful for because there's a place called Bastrop that's like an hour and a half away. That's not too bad. It's uh it's actually really nice. But you know I mean that's that's all we have, and you can only explore it so many times. You know it's not like 
mountain roads where you could just drive for miles and miles and miles. It's not that big, but it is a lot yeah. of fun because it's all we have. Well, it's, it's something. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. I am thankful for that. So, well, it's been great talking to you. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about yourself or your Outback? No, for the most part, you covered, you had some fantastic questions and everything was pretty good. I just love my Subaru. I love the community and everything that it's given me and hopefully even more what it's going to give. Yeah. Do you see yourself always owning a Subaru? I I would like to. I would love to see myself always owning a Subaru. I think it would, between me and my fiance or future husband, I would love that we at least have a Subaru in the family. Yeah. Um, ideally, I would love to also explore uh, some places that a Subaru couldn't make. Like, I would love to experience rock crawling or doing some like crazy Jeep trail or some crazy like off roading or overlanding with some awesome Jeep or truck. So, yeah, I, w- yeah. I would love to experience a little beyond what the Subaru isn't capable of. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is still a station wagon, it's not some crazy off-road rig that's like not even street legal yeah ideally i I would love to keep a subaru in my life i just think they're wonderful and it's giving me everything and more yeah because it's a daily driver but you can also get to a lot of places that you can't with a lot of cars and that's that's such a nice thing and even as a stock vehicle you can do so much more than a lot of people realize exactly a lot of people will sometimes question because being in the city, sometimes people hear like you lifted a Subaru. Why did you lift a (laughs) Subaru? And I'm like, because my lifted Subaru still gets better than your lifted truck. And I spend a lot more miles commuting than I do actually on the mountains just from daily life. And I enjoy getting that extra mileage and still being able to go off-road. Yep, exactly. Good point. Best Best of both worlds. Definitely. Well, thanks again. Um, it was nice having you on and cool that we actually met before all of this. Yeah, that was awesome. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, especially in more in person, because I think the longest conversation in person we've had was two minutes. <laughs> maybe, maybe. If yeah, that. <laughs> I know. I know that was uh, you were on your way out and I was overwhelmed, but it was nice. It was good that we got a chance to meet. Yes, definitely. That was nice. Yep. All right. Well, have a good night and I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I really had fun. You're welcome. You have a good night too. All right. All right. Bye, Raphael. Bye. If you are not doing so, go give Marissa a follow. Her account is Rugged Roamer. You can also check out her YouTube channel. The link is in her bio. I will also have it in the episode notes for you to click on there as well. Thank you so much, Marissa, for being a guest on the Subi and You podcast. I really enjoyed the conversation and hearing all of your adventures and especially getting engaged recently. So that was really cool to hear the story about that. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in another week, another episode, another guest, and it's just going to keep going. So look for some more information about my experience and trip to California for Subi Fest in the Subi Scoop this week. And also I will be putting out a bonus episode. I'm going to try to put it out this Friday. If not, then most likely the following Friday. But I will let you know. 
I hope you all have a great week, and we will talk to you later. Adios. <laughs>